I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Harper, do you remember what happened to Haman at the end of last chapter? Um, he gave um, the horse and the other thing to Mordecai. Well, no. he did. That was in the previous chapter. That's right. He had to do the horse thing with Mordecai, but then after that, he went to the banquet with Esther. And I thought that was next. That's that's the chase. This is a chapter we read last night. And what happened, Trey? Uh, after the banquet. He was hung on the gallows. That's right. He was hanged on the gallows that he built for Mordecai. There's still a problem. Because what is one of the famed laws of the Medes and the Persians? We read about it in the book of Daniel. They're not um, friends? No, no, no. Uh, remember when the king doesn't want Daniel to go into the lion's den. But what's the problem? There's already a law. That's right. What's that, Harper? I was going to say the same thing. Okay, good. The same. (laughs) That's right. There's already a law. Can the king change the law? No. No, he can't. Because the law is the law. That's right. That was one of just the weird, the funny laws that they had. Once a law was enacted, it could not be canceled. Do you understand? If I say it's a little weird because it kind of is. I mean, what if you just enacted the wrong law? You should be able to fix that, right? Mm-hmm. On one hand, yes. But on the other hand, one thing I like about it is when the law can't be canceled, can't be bent, can't be misconstrued, it really enforces the power of the law. You know what I mean? It's not going to be changed based on your heart-throbbing story or how you might interpret it. Even the king himself can't change the law. It's like the supreme power once it's been written. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I still think it's better to be able to change it. Obviously, in this case, it would be good. But that's still a problem. So even though Haman was hanged, that doesn't mean that there's not a law with the king's sign, his ring signet, on it that says that on this day at this time all the Jews are going to be killed. Right? Uh-huh. Well, there we go. Let's continue with that thought into chapter 8. That same day, King Xerxes gave Queen Esther the estate of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, and Mordecai came into the presence of the king, for Esther had told how he was related to her. 
The king took off his signet ring, which he had reclaimed from Haman, and presented it to Mordecai. And Esther appointed him over Haman's estate. So that's kind of an interesting turn. Mordecai ends up getting all the stuff that Haman used to brag about, but was not happy about because he was bitter at Mordecai. Now he has everything, including the signet ring. Now, how interesting is that? That a Jewish person, an Israelite, actually had the ring for signing into law. Whatever he wanted to sign in. For the king of the, of Persia. Mm. That's just interesting if you think about it. I'd be a little upset if somebody who was not a United States citizen was given the power to change all of our laws by one of our, say, the president. That would really bother me. Oh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> you know? But this was a long time ago. So here we go in verse 3. Esther again pleaded with the king, falling at his feet and weeping. She begged him to put an end to the evil plan of Haman, the Agagite, which he had devised against the Jews. Then the king extended the gold scepter to Esther, and she arose and stood before him. If it pleases the king, she said, and if he regards me with favor and thinks it the right thing to do, and if he is pleased with me, let an order be written overruling the dispatches that Haman, son of Hamadatha the Agagite, devised and wrote to destroy the Jews in all the king's provinces. For how can I bear to see disaster fall on my people? How can I bear to see the destruction of my family? King Xerxes replied to Queen Esther. Yes, ma'am? What's bear mean? How can I handle it? How can I take it? How can I live with carrying that? Does that make sense? So it's like if all of her family dies, she's going to bear a lot of sadness. That's what bear means, to, to hold or to have. Verse 7. King Xerxes replied to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, Because Haman attacked the Jews, I have given his estate to Esther, and they have hanged him on the gallows. Now, write another decree in the king's name in behalf of the Jews, as seems best to you, and seal it with the king's signet ring, for no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked. Interesting strategy. So what he's trying to say is, I'm not right going to... Right against the law that his... that Haman created. Right. I'm not going to cancel Haman, the law Haman wrote. I'm going to leave it up to you to find a way to be... to practice some ingenuity and stop this from happening. Can you write into a law, some law, that's going to undo what Haman did? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. At once the royal secretaries were summoned, on the twenty-third day of the third month, the month of Sivan. They wrote out all Mordecai's orders to the Jews and to the satraps, governors, and nobles of the 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. I think if you're one of these satraps in India, you get this message. You get then a couple not so long later you get another one. You have to be thinking, man, the politics of headquarters are messed up. <laughs> like what is going on there? Yeah, they'd have to be like, we need a story of what's going on here. Yeah, help us to understand. Why would they even get a message? Well, that's what it said. Because they got a message from Haman, because he wanted all the Jews to be killed. So they, he sent messages to all the surrounding nation or places that were controlled. 
saying that on this day, all the Jews are going to be killed. In order to completely undo that, Mordecai has to make sure his message gets to all those same people, right? These orders were written in the script of each province and the language of each people, and also to the Jews in their own script and language. Mordecai wrote in the name of King Xerxes, sealed the dispatches with the king's signet ring, and sent them by mounted couriers who rode fast horses, especially bred for the king. The king's edict granted the Jews in every city the right to assemble and protect themselves, to destroy, kill, and annihilate any armed force of any nationality or province that might attack them and their women and children, and to plunder the property of their enemies. So, what did the law, in simple terms, give the Israelite people the right to do, even though Haman's law was still going to be tried to, to be enacted, Brock? The Israelites were allowed to fight back. Perfect! They're allowed to fight back. Who do we know will fight back for them? God. That's right. I mean, that's like... Have you ever heard the term have an ace in the hole? No. Ace is like a... A lot of times, you know, when we're playing like card games, ace is like the best card. It's the big card, right? That makes sense? When you have an ace in the hole, it's like it's your last card and nobody knows you're playing your last card and it's the card that can beat all other cards. And that's sort of like what God is in this instance. Not that we hide him until that moment we finally need him, but that... We, we live diligently doing the things we can do to help ourselves. Like, we don't live lazy and say, God, will you give me everything? I just want to live lazy, and you just do everything, and I just do nothing. <laughs> That's not the point. The point is, is we do everything we can do, but we know that we, we can't do everything. That we can't do everything. That's the perfect way to say it. We can't do everything. And when it comes to the things that we can't do, we know that the Lord will take care of us. And I believe that Mordecai knew that the Lord would take care of his people. You know what's a funny story about God doing what only God can do and him allowing people to do what they can do? There's a couple instances. One is when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Do you remember what he had to do or what he did right before he raised Lazarus from the dead? He kept on being interrupted by other people. Well, he did get interrupted on his journey there, but, um, I mean, right before he did it. You remember Lazarus was in a... A tomb. A tomb. And their tombs were covered at the entrance with a... A stone. A stone. Did Jesus move the stone? Or did Jesus ask somebody to move the stone? He asked somebody. That's right. That's what I thought. That's right. Now think about that. Jesus is about to raise raise somebody from the dead. I guess I can't think of anything that's harder to do. Why did he have people roll away the stone? See if they could, like, help or yeah. try, at least. Because it is to our delight that we get to participate in the miracles that the Lord wants to do. You understand it's a blessing to be a part of that. You know? When Dean was healed of cancer, 
I mean, I, I didn't heal him of cancer. Right? And neither did Trey, and neither did anybody else who prayed for him. Right? I would say even in some ways the doctor didn't directly heal him of cancer. I believe God healed his cancer. And I believe we all got to participate in it. And you know what? It felt great. We got to do the things we could do, which was pray and remember his body and and love the man. Those are the things we got to do. But only God could do the divine. Only God could do the miracles. And so there was this instance where Jesus is about to raise somebody from the dead and he asked the people to remove, to roll away the stone first. He wants us to do the things that we can do. Does that make sense? Not because it's like, well, I'm going to make these people work a little bit. It's to our delight that we do the things we do. We benefit from it. It's good for us. Then there's another point in scripture. This one I love. I didn't think about this uh, until Pastor Aaron Budgen said it in a, in a radio broadcast I listened to. Uh, he said, "What it, when it came to like the creation of the animals, do you guys remember who got to name the animals? Adam. Adam. Adam got to name the animals. Well, God, why? There was two things that happened. Animals were created and animals were named. How come animal? How come Adam didn't get to create the animals? Because he didn't have the power and the privilege. That's right. He's not. <laughs> Adam can't create animals. He can't create life. Only God can do that. He's just a human being. He's just a human being. And God was probably like, but he can name them. And I think it was fun for the Lord to allow Adam to name the animals. I feel awesome to Adam. name the animals. And it made Adam, Adam feel good for Adam to be able to do the things Adam could do. You know? See, this is wonderful. It's not about us doing work so that way God's only going to work for you if you work for him. It's like a child helping a father with a very big thing. That's right. And it's to both of their delight that they get to. And I believe it increases our faith. I do believe that when we get a chance to work as part of the things that the Lord is doing, that actually our faith grows through that more than if we did nothing and all of a sudden things just changed, you know? Things changed, dude. <laughs> I think it would be hard to name the animals. I think it would be very hard to name the animals. When, but back then, like, It'd be hard to even make words. Like, what would you call them? I don't know. I have no It'd idea. It'd be hard to, like, say, like, a sentence back then because they wouldn't know what to say. Well, here's what definitely didn't happen, is the animals weren't named in English. Right? <laughs> so what we know them as now is those are translated names, right? Oh, they are? Sure. Adam didn't speak English. He did? No. Why did he speak then? I don't know exactly what he spoke, but I'm just... I shouldn't say I know he didn't speak English, but I feel fairly confident to say he didn't speak English. I would assume he spoke something like Aramaic. I, that's what I would assume as well. But I'm not 100% sure. I'm just throwing that out there that we've probably translated the animals' names from whatever Adam actually had named them, right? Mm. Here was the whole point to all that, is that it happens in Scripture again and again where God wants us to participate and be the do the things we can do and let him do the things only he can do. And it looks like that's exactly what Mordecai did. He did the things he could do and said, I'm going to allow God to do the, only th the things only God can do. 
So let's continue reading. The day appointed for the Jews to do this in all the provinces of King Xerxes was the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar. Of course, on the same day that the decree was written that they were going to be killed. A copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so that the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. The couriers riding the royal horses raced out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was also issued in the citadel of Susa. Couriers sounds like a country way to say carriers. Yeah, kind of. All damn couriers. (laughs) It does sound like that. Them darn couriers out there. (laughs) They better ride fast. I mean real fast. Verse 15. Mordecai left the king's presence wearing royal garments of blue and white, a large crown of gold, and a purple robe of fine linen. Jeez. (laughs) Mordecai. Yeah. Saying now he's the king. Moving on up. (laughs) It's like he just became the high king. Right. And the city of Susa held a joyous celebration. For the Jews, it was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor. In every province and in every city, wherever the edict of the king went, there was joy and gladness among the Jews, with feasting and celebrating, and many people of other nationalities became Jews because fear of the Jews had seized them. Well, that's good. This is a fun chapter. You know why? Because, or I should say, it's a fun book. Because that's the end of the chapter, and the chapters are so well finished because they always leave you wanting to hear what's going to happen in the next chapter so many cliffhangers that's right and such is the case for chapter nine the obvious summary tonight brock what do you think if you had to summarize what we read about tonight what would be the main thing to take away well they just took they just got rid of um on and they thought of what to do about that law since the king couldn't do anything about it. And um, Mordecai then became the sealer. Mm-hmm. And then they made the law. They wrote, they went to every nation to spread the news about it. And then the Israelites became happy. That's right. That's right. And what, Trey, if you had to say that in like a theme, like what was the theme of this chapter that we talked about? The theme as in the message? Yes. Yes, Harper? I think I know what the message could be. What? Like, like, you should like, um, do your part in like a miracle and let God do the rest of it and stuff you can't do. Amen. That's it right there. Do what you can do so that God can do what he can do. Do your part in the miracle so that God can do only the parts that he can do. Right? That was perfect. Thank you. Well, we got school tomorrow. Let's get to bed. I love you, kids. I love you. You guys are good kids.